Welcome back to Mortgageonomics Canada. I'm your host, Marco Gello. I'm a duly licensed mortgage broker in British Columbia and Alberta, born and raised in Calgary, currently living in North Vancouver. If you're from either of these provinces and require any mortgage-related services, please do not hesitate to contact me. Call or text me right now at 604-800-9593, 604-800-9593. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. Today, I'm going to talk about mortgage qualification hacks for self-employed applicants. Let's begin. Qualifying for a mortgage is generally a cumbersome task, and for self-employed applicants, the process is even more challenging. It's challenging for both the mortgage broker and the client. The mortgage broker must possess an exceptional understanding of qualification guidelines from multiple lenders and the ability to apply them to specific needs of the applicant. Simultaneously, the applicant must provide copious amounts of documents and details for a proper complete adjudication. From both perspectives, the saying, you get what you put into it, totally holds true. The key documents requested from self-employed applicants include T1 generals, business financials, if available or applicable, and notice of assessments. It is at this stage where the expertise of the mortgage broker becomes crucial, as the reality is that not all mortgage brokers or bankers understand how to read these complex financial statements, let alone dissect, interpret, and draw conclusions from them. Most brokers or bank representatives typically look for the most recent two years worth of notice of assessments and calculate the qualifying income based on this two-year average. This method works fine if the declared income is sufficient to qualify for the desired purchase. But what if this qualifying income falls short of qualifying the applicant? An inexperienced broker or banker might simply conclude that the applicant doesn't earn enough income and generate an understated, undervalued pre-approval mortgage qualification amount. But what if the self-employed applicant intentionally declares a lower income for personal income tax purposes? Or what if they declare their income via dividends rather than T4 income? Or what if they only withdraw a specific amount of income from their business for living expenses, leaving the remainder within the business where they pay far less tax? As we know, one of the massive benefits of self-employment is the tax strategies that you can take advantage of. But of course, these tax strategies come in various forms and vary from one business owner to another. Therefore, qualifying based solely on the two most recent year's notice of assessments isn't a one-size-fits-all method for all self-employed applicants. There's way more to it than that. So let's expand from here and talk about these lesser-known qualification boosters that can propel self-employed applicants to higher mortgage qualification amounts. There are four particular ones I want to point out and talk about today. I hope you're getting some value out of today's talk. The whole idea is to dedicate an entire episode to one specific topic. So if it's something else you are looking to learn about, simply scroll through my past episodes and skim the titles for the particular topic you are looking for. And if you can't find what you're looking for, then send me a text and I'll be sure to talk about it in the following episode. Call or text me anytime at 604-800-9593 or find me at homefinancingsolutions.ca. One application, one credit check, and access to Canada's top lenders. And now, back to the episode. So, let's expand from here and talk about these lesser-known qualification boosters that can propel 
self-employed applicants to higher mortgage qualification amounts. There are four particular ones I want to point out and talk about today. Number one, the gross up. While self-employed individuals might have a lower taxable income due to their deductions, their actual cash flow or ability to repay a mortgage may be higher. Grossing up provides a way to consider the true cash flow rather than just the reported taxable income. Participating lenders will allow self-employed applicants to gross up their declared income by as much as 30%. Qualification booster number two, using net income after taxes. And this you will find within business financials. Using net income after taxes reflects the financial stability and viability of the business. It further acknowledges that the business is generating profits after covering all operating expenses, tax obligations, and dividends already paid out to the owner or owners. Some lenders will consider up to 60% of the net income after taxes as qualification income. Qualification booster number three, stated income, also known as no-doc or low-doc mortgages, allows applicants to state their income without providing traditional income verification documentation such as tax returns and other self-employed financial documents like business financials. These mortgages often place a heavier emphasis on the borrower's creditworthiness and credit score and offer additional assurance to the lender as they are typically backed by creditor default insurance in the event the borrower defaults on mortgage payments. This creditor insurance premium ranges from 3.3% to 5.85% and is multiplied against the mortgage principal, ultimately having an immediate impact on the property equity as it's capitalized uh, into the loan. For example, the premium on a 90% loan-to-value mortgage for a $500,000 purchase would be $26,325, okay? So this is a 5.85% premium multiplied by the mortgage principal of $450,000. For a complete breakdown of the scaled premiums, go within the episode notes, and uh, I've posted a link to the blog version of this episode, and then you can have a look at the table um, outlining the premiums for this program. Um, qualification booster number four, the last one, most recent 12 months bank statements. This is typically the qualification method used by subprime lenders where applicants have been turned down by traditional AAA mortgage providers such as household name big bank brands. Allowing applicants to use the most recent 12-month bank statements also circumvents the requirement to verify that all personal taxes are up-to-date and paid in full. This qualification methodology often yields the highest interest rates as well as a 1-2% to fee that is deducted from the advance, proportionately increasing the cash to close as a result. Please be aware that the specific rules and guidelines discussed in this episode can vary among lenders and mortgage programs. The ability to take advantage of the methods I've discussed ultimately depends on the analysis of the tax returns, income statements, balance sheets, and other financial statements. Additionally, credit scores, property characteristics, and loan-to-value ratios also play an important role. 
All right, that's all I got for today. Call or text me anytime if you have any mortgage questions at all, especially if you're in British Columbia or Alberta, as I am licensed to service these specific provinces. And especially if you are from Vancouver or Calgary, as I am very familiar with these markets. And of course, I welcome calls and emails from all over Canada and the entire world for those that are in the process of or have recently relocated or immigrated to Canada from elsewhere. Or for those Canadians who are in the process of moving from one province to another, as I specialize in interprovincial relocations and new to Canada, mortgage applications. Call or text me at 604-800-9593 or you can get me on WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger or just go ahead and link up to my website homefinancingsolutions.ca and also if you prefer YouTube search uh, search for my recently launched channel Mortgage Genomics Canada podcast where you will find descriptive videos of these same episodes. Thank you again for tuning in to Mortgage Genomics Canada. Stay well everyone. Talk again soon.